Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Beer and Money. I am Ryan Burklow. And I'm Alex Collins. And in our last episode, we had a conversation around, you know, what we've learned uh, from 2020. And we ended the episode talking about how there are really kind of two different types of people. You know, uh, there was the person that, you know, lost their job and was really trying to, you know, you know, have enough money to get by. And then the other person was, didn't lose their job, but couldn't go on vacations, right? That may, and maybe they spent some of their money to help some of their family members or other people in their community, but they had this extra money that they weren't planning on having. And so on today's episode, we're going to talk about, okay, we've got this extra money. What is it we should be doing with it? Yeah, I mean, this is a question that uh, that we've gotten quite a bit this year of, hey, I've got extra cash flow. Where where does it go? What do I do? And so the design of today is to get you to think about, okay, how should we be thinking about these dollars um, and, and, and what are the appropriate steps to take? You know, one of the things that we routinely and consistently hear is something to the effect of, hey, I've got a bunch of extra money but I don't want to commit to doing something systematically because I don't know when it's going to stop. So you're going to get three takeaways or action items to help you decide what you should do with that money. And the first step, the first step that we always talk about is, okay, you've got this extra money. How much of it are you actually planning on keeping? Right? And if we've got an extra, and I'm making up numbers here, $50,000 sitting in an account, and it's because we didn't take, you know, three vacations or we didn't do X, Y, or Z, how much of that money is going to get spent in 2021? And I hate to say making up for the, the time we didn't get to use in 2020, but how much of that money are you really actually going to keep? Like, we should know that number first. Oh, for sure. Like, so... You know, my family, we had a a, uh, a milestone planning uh, the, that we were planning uh, to, on celebrating this last year. And we weren't able to go on the trip because of COVID. And, and so it's like those dollars are still going to be spent. It's a matter of when, not if. Um, and so like that component like really needs to be taken out of this surplus. Um, and so it's, it, we, we really recommend starting down, starting out with a, like creating, you know, whether it's, it's mentally or uh, physically going and creating another account, like setting dollars aside that you are, that are already earmarked that you're going to spend um, and taking it out of the equation. So it's out of sight, out of mind and already taken care of. Yeah, and you're kind of already talking into the the second part of of step one really is is that behavior aspect, right? Like, mm-hmm. you changed you, Alex Collins, me, Ryan Burklow, and maybe some of our listeners changed some of our spending habits or behaviors. I think they can be used interchangeably. How much of that behavior or habit is going to continue? Right. Maybe it's you want it to continue and you're afraid you're not, <laughs> right? There's there's certainly right. aspects that, you know, my family, you know, we're lucky enough to, to save more money. Do I do I want 
to save more money going into this year? Absolutely. It, is it going to happen behaviorally? Well, if I put the right steps in, probably. Right. But you have to analyze that and have a conversation with your spouse around, okay, is that what we want? Yeah. Uh, one, like, again, to, to know some of the stuff, we got to go back and figure out like, like, okay, how much are we up? What expenses got cut? Um, what do like do we want to continue these things, or are these things things that we we miss a ton and we're going to go back to? Um, you know, it, and without going through and and trying to figure out like, hey, what's actually occurred? Um, you know, it's really challenging to figure out like, okay, what's important and and what needs to come back and what doesn't, um, or like for I know. At the beginning of the pandemic, the only thing that I heard about was that alcohol sales were through the roof um, and that people were drinking a lot more. And so maybe it's that we need to curtail some of our spending on, you know, that type of stuff. Um, you know, and so trying to figure out like, okay, where are we actually at and what's going on and what, what, does, what does reality look like once this is all over? And, and the, the first thing we need to acknowledge is it's not going to be like, all right, we're fine. Or like, we're, we're in lockdown. We're in lockdown. We're in lockdown. Lockdown's lifted. Okay. Everyone like is free. It's, it's not going to be like that. Just like one time event that, that says, okay, pandemic over. It's, it's going to be a continuum of slowly going into whatever the, the new normal is. Exactly. So take a step, you know, really look at what, how much of the money you've got is really gonna to continue to stay on the balance sheet or how much of it do you want to continue to stay on the balance sheet, taking everything we just said in, into consideration. Once, once we have that number or an idea of what that number is, that takes us to step two here, Alex. Well, so again, step step two is, is really like figuring out, okay, what do we want or need from a liquidity standpoint. So that that's nothing different than any of the, the tra traditional planning that we've talked to folks about. You know, it's building up that, you know, six to 12 months in cash reserves and having other buckets of money that we can get access to so that we've got, you know, uh, one year's worth of, one year's worth of, of assets, one year's worth of income that is not in opinion-based assets. It's in promise-based assets that aren't going to fluctuate depending upon what's going on out there in the world. Um, and so once we've once we've hit that number, you know, then we can feel very good about where we're at. And, and again, that number is going to be a little bit different for everybody. Some people are going to want, you know, one year sitting in the bank. Other people are going to want three months sitting in the bank with another nine months, um, you know, sitting in something that's working harder for them, but still has access. Um, they, they, there is no one way of building this thing. Yeah, the point that we're that we're getting at there is make sure you have it. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. You know, we we talk with people that make fifty thousand dollars a year, and we talk with people that make close to a million dollars a year, and that's a conversation we have with all of them. Mm -hmm. Right. It's amazing how much how many times we have a conversation with someone, and we say, okay, you're making X. You only have access to why. So what would occur if you need money quickly, right? And we didn't think about pandemic occurring like that. That conversation right. never came out of my mouth. I don't know about you, Alex, but 
right? I'm I'm good. I'm not that good at predicting things. Right. So that conversation needs to happen. And now that we just experienced that, and even if you were on, maybe you were blessed where you have this extra cash flow, right? Put yourself in the situation where you didn't. What would you have done? Would you have survived? Would you be okay? Would Could you have taken maybe an opportunity? I hate to, to say it that in a, in a pandemic, but sure. there were opportunities that were there. And if you have the extra money setting aside, you could have used it for that. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're talking about when it comes to liquidity and, and really looking at it from that standpoint. This rate of return conversation that always gets thrown in our face, Alex, around, well, I don't want X amount of dollars sitting in a checking account. Well, one, we're not saying to put all of your money in a checking account, but even two, it's not apples to apples. It's not the same comparison. Right. Right. What are you doing with your other money because that money exists in a checking account? Yeah. Like, what is it allow? What does the existence of that asset allow us to do and allow us to do differently? Um, and, and again, like different people need different amounts of, of access to liquid cash, depending upon your job, depending upon what you're doing on on the investment side, you know, things of that nature. I mean, if you've got if you're a big real estate investor, you're going to need more access to cash that's super liquid. You know, if you're choosing more think stock market based investments well the, the, there's usually not a big cash requirement for for that structure and so you're you're not going to have to create cash to be able to to you know deal with those investments um, I mean there's there's obviously some exceptions to both of those things but I mean for the most part that that's kind of what it breaks down to and then beyond that it's just a matter of like okay how safe and secure is, is your income and, and where are you at in terms of, of uh, income versus expenses? I mean, if you're making a million dollars and you're saving $500,000, well, we probably don't need a million dollars sitting in promise-based assets. It, it might still make some sense, again, depending upon circumstances, but, but we don't it's not like Ryan and I are sitting here going, oh, you make a million dollars and you've only got $600,000 sitting in promise-based assets. Well, we got to fix that tomorrow. Like, A, we're not going to fix it tomorrow. And B, it's going to take time and it may not make sense, especially if you're saving 500 grand in my hypothetical there. So we first two steps, right? And looking at this, this cash or this surplus money that we've got a decide how much of it you're actually going to keep b how much liquidity do we have right if you don't have a lot of liquidity then you know obviously maybe we want to put some money there uh, which really leads us to step three is analyzing the the risk aspect of okay how much risk do we want to be taking with the money yeah and then this goes back to the conversation around okay what what are we ultimately going to do with these dollars um, what, what type of a financial engine are we creating with it? What is it that, that we want? What's the purpose of these dollars? What, what, do, we, what do we ultimately think that we want to do? And uh, when we ask this question, a lot of times we kind of get blank stares. And that's totally fine. You don't have to have, like, this is exactly what I want to do with it. It's more of the conversation around, okay, what are the things that you think that you may want to do with these dollars? You know, is it, 
a home renovation project? Is it buying a second home? Is it buying a vacation property? Is it buying a rental property? Is it investing in the market? Is it saving it for retirement? Uh, it, like, what are the what are the different aspects that you're looking for from these dollars? And then that'll help Ryan and I figure out, like, okay, where where should those dollars go? And we're also going to have uh, that conversation around risk. You know, how much risk should we be taking with it? Uh, do we want to be taking more or less? Yeah, and there's again, it depends on what our goal is and how quickly we're going to be using it. As far as like, okay, how should those dollars be invested? And answering those first two questions, right? How much money are we keeping and how much liquidity do we have allows us to then decide that risk standpoint of that money, right? To give yeah. you an example, if we're talking with someone who has, you know, $10,000 sitting in their checking account, they make 500 grand a year, but they typically only save, you know, $5,000 or $10,000 a year of that 500,000. And all of their money is tied into a 401k. We might suggest putting a little bit more money in a liquid style to give access to it for the what if scenarios, both pro, both good and bad. Yeah, and that scenario that what you laid out, Ryan, it, it would the vast majority, if not all of it, would go into building up that liquidity and and making sure that. Uh, that we've got access to it. You know, it may not all sit in the bank, depending upon the the client and how aggressive or conservative they are. But uh, but yeah, I mean, we're going to want to build up that liquidity. Um, when we start talking about risk, really, what we're trying to do is is really uh, figure out, like, okay, we, we're, we've got enough safety, we've got enough liquidity, we're comfortable with where these dollars are are going. Now, how much how much safety do we need with it? Uh, if we you know, suffered a loss in our investment. Like, how detrimental is that? Like, what's our what's our appetite? What's our our tolerance for being able to deal with fluctuations in these dollars? Um, and again, so much of that goes back to to what the ultimate purpose is for it and how quickly we're going to need it. Like, those are the two main things that are going to drive how much how much uh, how aggressive we are with these assets um, in creating whatever that next financial engine is. You know, we're not going to want to try and put it into something that's supercharged if we've got a short time horizon and, and we've got somebody who's not uh, not willing to, to see their account drop. Like it's you're just putting you're using the wrong vehicle for the wrong situation. So the financial engine, creating that financial engine is going to be the topic for our next episode. Where we speak into okay, what what are we talking about financial engine? How do we make our money work for us now and long term? And, and how do we put that into the full holistic financial picture for ourselves? So for recap of today, Alex, we've got uh, if we've got extra money either that we're saving or we've got I mean maybe a savings account that we've got we've been putting a bunch of money into for the year 2020. Or maybe we got a bonus. This definitely applies to that same thing. If we go a one a spot mm -hmm. bonus or something like that, how much money are we keeping? What's the behavior? Like how much of it do we plan to keep moving forward if it's systematic? Once we understand that, okay, look at your balance sheet. How much money is liquid currently? Once we understand that, then we can start looking at, okay, let's look at the risk profile that we want to have for that money and what are we doing what's the purpose of it creating that financial engine 
Love it. Which takes us to the question of the day, Alex. Uh, the question of the day is going back to something we talked about at the beginning, and that is in order to, to be able to start this process, you know, we really need to be able to track it. So the question of the day is, how are you tracking your surplus money during the time of COVID? So make sure you head over to beerandmoney.net and at the bottom of the page, you can scroll down and uh, there's a spot for you to answer our question of the day. Uh, as well as if you have any uh, topics on your mind that you want us to speak into, feel free to message us from that aspect as well. So we look forward to hearing from everyone. We hope this episode was valuable. And as always, Alex, cheers. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only and coordinated with individual professional advice. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities Guardian or Quantified Financial Partners and opinions stated are their own. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and may lose value. Brian and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC. OSJ 333 North Indian Hill Boulevard, Claremont, California 91711, 909-399-1100. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities, Membra, Membra, SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian, Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Quantified Financial Partners is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Number 2020-113-782, expiration December 2022.